Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Halo, halo. Happy Halo days and welcome back to our very last episode of 2022 right here on the sacred icon podcast where we talk all things halo and so much more i got you for a minute didn't i guys we are on the cusp of new years which means new dreams new goals and new memberships at planet fitness but for all of us halo guys and gals this means heading into 2023 with the kind of momentum i think many of us dreamed of having in 2022 but hey the seeds of our future are sown in our past. And what a long, strange trip it's been, my yearbook buddies. Because before we look ahead, today we're going to take a little look back at 2022 Halo. I'm Joshua Hargis, nearing the end of his vacation, still wet from learning the ways of water. Baby! Joining me, as always, is my buddy, my pal, my friend, and the guy who recently got to celebrate his daughter's first Christmas, Brian Arvett. Brian so we know this guy, Kevin, right? And they say he's pretty cool. Kevin, cool. He just recently hosted his first annual Halo Awards, and in that show was an award for Best Halo Podcast. The nominees, you know, were bangers, a lot of them, but among them existed we, the Sacred Boys. And thanks to our community, we won. I, I guess we did, Josh. You know, the thing is, before we started doing this podcast... Like today, like recording today's podcast, I was thinking to myself, we really need to be courteous and list off all the nominees for all the categories, because if we just go over the podcast itself, it looks like we're really focused on the thing that we were nominated for and the thing we won. But then I decided, yeah, that took too much time. So we just went with the podcast and the thing (laughs) we were nominated for. But it's not entirely selfish. It's just it takes a lot of time. But yeah, we want to give a shout out to Kevin Cool because we were nominated for best best podcast. Best podcast, best, uh, best podcast, and we won, uh, which is awesome. We won our oh, the second cool. place podcast was like the HCS guys, and they were like 150 behind us, votes behind us. So, you know, it was a clear win. What can I say? Uh, but no, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking around. But uh, lots of good candidates there, and it was there awesome were. to win. Uh, Kevin Cool was very cool for holding that. I think it got a lot of people excited. Um, f- uh, in because there is no nothing like that, like a Halo content creator game or you know a award show at the end of the year. So it was very exciting. It seemed like it paid off for him because he got a lot of success from it. Uh, and I, you know, I was thinking I admired the name Kevin Cool because it was kind of like me. He just thought, you know, what's another, 
what's something that goes with Kevin? And he's like, oh, cool. And I'll spell it with a K. Kevin, cool. I'm Brian's Bane. You know, I remember one time Justin yeah. asked me, why, why are you, why'd you, what, what's the meaning behind your name, Brian? And I said, I just thought it sounded cool. <laughs> that's it. I'm like, he's like, that's it? And I'm like, yeah. And then Justin's like, shit, it is cool. Damn it. I got to find me one. You know, so I always that's think it's funny. funny when a band, like a band has a name. It'd be most likely to be a band like one of the bands I listen to. And, and the name yeah. of the band will be like, chaos and relentlessness and someone will be in an interview will be like you know what's the meaning behind your band's name and they're like oh you know it just reminds me of the times when you know there's so much going on in your life it's just chaos and you know it's relentless you know and i felt that when i had my daughter blah blah blah, blah. and it's like okay you know i'll i'm not gonna be a jerk but like the name's just edgy as shit right it sounded cool to you. <laughs> like let's be real yeah nobody says chaos and relentlessness just casually you know, um, <laughs> the first thing anyway, that came to mind topic. when you said that was all that remains. I'm like what all is that, that? All that what remains. Is that? <laughs> yeah, falling the, in reverse, yeah. escape yes. of the fate. Don't stop. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but no, it go felt good. To, it it felt cool to win that. The nominees in there were really great, and uh, uh, Kevin did a fantastic job. I thought because uh, uh, I feel like if we we did something like that, like by ourselves. It'd be a little nerve wracking, as fun as it would be at the same time. That's a lot uh, to manage. There's a lot yeah, of you know, categories you set up, a lot of different people, a lot of different expectations. Hey, we should start. We should nickname him Jeff Keeley Jr. Jeff Keeley Jr. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Keeley well, Jr. I would do that, but then I'd be doing a disrespect to Kevin Cool because Jeff Keeley. I don't know. Sometimes I like. I, him, dude, I love I the bit. I, like Kevin. I love the bit that Hawes does from High Potion because yeah, he's always dunking he, on him. While he thought of the bit, and it wasn't my bit at all. I will say in my brain, I have always thought there's something a little creepy about Jeff Keeley. Not right. creepy in like a, you know, bad way. Creepy in like a, you know, he'll just murder you in your sleep type of way. Um, <laughs> which yeah. I guess could be a bad way. But like that's the bit that Hawes is always going on about, you know, old old deadpan eyes, Jeff Keeley, like old no soul through the eyes, Jeff Keeley. And it's like, yeah, that's that's kind of the vibes I get. And then once you, if, you, if anyone feels like Jeff Keeley is pissed off, everyone on forums and online is like typing about how they're like, oh, Jeff Keeley's so mad right now. Jeff Keeley's seething. <laughs> and the thing is, Jeff Keeley really never lets it on, but just his deadpan eyes give you this vibe that he has a hatchet in his back pocket. He's well, ready to he bury does it. have that resting face. He really does look like yeah. he's upset at times. Yeah, you can you could tell Jeff Keeley like, I feel like Jeff Keeley, you could just go up to his face and be like, you are the ugliest looking dude on the earth and he would be like but tell us about the games when we get in the donkey Kong country dlc <laughs> it's just like oh wow you just you just handle it in stride but anyways long tangent there to just say uh that was very cool of Kevin <laughs> uh we're very happy to win and uh that's just further fuel to keep podcasting for years to come so thank you very much for that um that did feel really to good. go off yeah, to go off from there, guys, we're going to kind of just have this be, you know, today's the 31st of December 2022. This is going to be our year in review podcast where we just kind of talk about, uh, you know, what the years looked like for Halo, what the years looked like for us. And we had some questions in the Discord, which I thought were pretty good, Josh. I thought we could start with those. Yeah, let's uh, go for it. Because, I, yeah, I just I thought these were interesting. So I asked, I said, tomorrow is our Halo year in review episode. No guarantees, but is there anything specific you would all like us to touch on from 2022? Um Right off the bat, Wesley, he says, please dunk on all the Twitter accounts that have trolled this, tried to troll you this year, um, which I totally would, but I don't keep an inventory, and there are so many of them, so I Brian's can't. Brian's lying. Um, no, I'm just kidding. 
I'm just yeah. I just got like a notepad on my computer. I'm like, this guy has a mark against him. This guy. <laughs> you like you like that guy from uh, what was it? Uh, Billy Madison, and then like Billy calls him, or yeah, Billy calls him one day, and then he just strikes the name from the record, and he's like, not yeah. you. <laughs> you know, th- the thing is, th- here's the sad truth. The thing, the best way to get it, tri- uh, Twitter trolls and 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 people being annoying or toxic on Twitter. Yeah. The absolute best thing to do is to ignore their presence. I will never think there is a better way to go about it. Even if you get back at them and they get ratioed to all to all hell, I still think the best way to get someone is to just not acknowledge their presence. But the hardest thing about that is is you don't get any satisfaction from it really, you know? Like I'll get yeah. somebody come in on the Twitter and they'll be like Sacred Icon just means this, and they just stand for this, and it's really shitty of Sacred Icon to do this and this and mm-hmm. this, and they make all these accusations as if they're fact. And what's really tempting is to go in there and to explain away how wrong they are. But if you just ignore them, and you look at them, they got like seven followers, you ignore them. Days later, no one even noticed they posted the thing. It's much better to go about it that way. So, now You definitely have to build up some thick skin for that kind of thing, which you've had to do <laughs> because of uh, what you've gotten over the last three years. Uh, man, yeah, there's just, there's some times where it's just like I start typing and then like Erica asked me something and I look back and I'm like, I've already gotten over the thing that they, they said that was irritating. I'm like, oh, I'll just not respond to them. You know what I mean? Like you just yeah. wait, like almost, and that's not even Twitter. Like that's just life. If you get angry, try waiting an hour and see how different you feel. It's amazing what the blood pressure lowering can do to make your yeah. decisions different. Um, no, but anyways, 100%. 100%. Uh, same thing, same thing playing Halo, Halo multiplayer. I have to, have to do that too. Sometimes oh, yeah. I get real pissed and then I'm like, I got to just take a break for five minutes and then I'll, yeah, like, then I'm, I won't it's carry that in the next match. So yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Deontay Albright says details on the sacred icon convention, uh, which I thought was cool. <laughs> yeah, um, that made me smile. It's funny. Josh and I got real serious about that. I want to say it was almost a year, maybe a little over a year ago. It was somewhere um, in 2021, I think. So yeah. Yeah. Well, we got real serious about that. We were trying to think of a venue to to to, to uh, what do you what do you call it? Schedule and um, have people come and meet up and you know land some Halo and it'd be really cool. Just like a little yeah, there's a sacred icon convention. I want to say I could be wrong, but I want to. There's this place not too far from where I live, guys, that where Brian used to live, and my cousin had a wedding at, and we were talking about maybe having it at that venue, and it was just something Brian and I talked about one day, like, Hey, this would be cool. And we actually, the more we talked about in that conversation, the more we started to like map it out in our minds to the point where it it took, it held, held some rent there for a little bit, but then yeah, I think we kind of realized if we went any further, it would be putting a reservation down with money. Yeah. So eventually one day Brian told me, he's like, Hey, guess what? I'm going to be a dad. And I was like, okay, so that probably won't happen, but I thought that's for the best. (laughs) Cause well, cause it's just so much, it's so much to put, together and and to try to make happen and brian would have to drive like if brian and i try to do anything together in person one of us has got to drive almost 10 hours basically and then trying to get four and a half even halfway oh true halfway yeah yeah Yeah. but um there's a lot of that and everything it just takes to make that happen so but plus once you said we definitely could make it happen if we wanted it's just there's so much logistics there because not only would we have to make sure we're at the same place and that would cost money and time. We'd have to make sure we have a place reserved, whether it's free or we pay for it. And then everybody we invite to come along, I mean, there's going to be people that are either going on extremely long road trips or flying, so getting right. plane tickets. It's a lot. Well, uh, I'm not saying it's impossible. No, every, make the everyone, demand high. I was going to say, everyone listening is probably like, I'll do it. I'll do it. Make it happen. Yeah. 
but yeah, it's it's a lot to put together. It is, and at the same it's time, it's, it's tough because it, even though it would be worth it, there's that part where it's like, well, this is only for a weekend, and you're trying to take all that time. Oh, that's off the thing. We'd have to make it everything. a few days. Yeah, nobody wants to go out for one eight-hour no, period. No, no. <laughs> um, I can just hear my brother, though. like my youngest brother Noah, being like, "I'll make the dip if you do it, Brian." <laughs> well, <laughs> I appreciate that, but the it's gonna take a lot more than the dip to get this done. I miss Noah, uh, dude. That picture you yeah. got with Creighton. Christmas, they had this amazing picture of them, like oh. uh, you guys, like together with this blanket. Oh my god, it was like a one blanket. A hoodie. Hoodie was it okay? It was a hoodie, okay. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. great. It was great to see those. Um, Josh, next uh, question we have is from Simon uh, Purple Angus in the yeah. board. Purple Angus, he says, I'd be curious to hear both of your number one favorite Halo Infinite memories from this year. It can be from campaign, multiplayer, or both. Do you have one in your mind, Josh, or do you want me to try to lead this one? No, I mean, I would honestly just say um, each time some of the multiplayer events came out, people got a little excited. I think um, because with those, some news was always coming out about things that were changing and things to look forward to. If I had to be specific, probably when when Forge came out, when that whole winter update came out really here at the end. I mean, I know that's more recent, but like it just the, the momentum I felt like shifted. I'm sure we'll come back around and talk about this in detail in this episode, but when that when that dropped, I mean, it just, I feel like I haven't seen since then uh, people get as negative online. I know that's still a thing. Uh, I try not to um, uh, give that, uh, I try not to, to look at that online. I try not to read too much into the, the toxicity of Halo Twitter. If I delve deep enough, if I go on Brian's account and I, I stalk every single tweet he posts, uh, then I'm going to see that in the, in the comments. But uh, <laughs> I don't really want that but suffice it to say i think there's been a lot of positivity out there uh since then people are getting excited about halo again people are feeling good about it again i know this is where everyone wanted to be at launch but uh i'm just happy to be here now another year <laughs> yeah it took another year it shouldn't it shouldn't have come out until we now, said it should have been delayed a year before it came out yeah we, knew. we did I, i'm gonna pat ourselves on the back in this episode and oh, say yeah. we pretty much called everything shouldn't have released the multiplayer early should not shouldn't have released have them separately the- shouldn't have released it a year early 100%. But yeah, when Forge came out, even though that's not something that we're as interested in, seeing maps come up like Waffle House, uh, the Toy Story thing, I mean, all that type of stuff, people were just oh, getting Peach's excited. Castle, bro. Peach's Castle, yeah. Everyone was getting excited to either create stuff, they were feeling inspired, or people were wanting to go in and have more map variety and just have some fun. That's what Forge is pretty cool, is you can have some pop culture references in there. Um, you know, and just, uh, at the same time, having this recent winter contingency update that just came out and, you know, the Christmas theme stuff, it was nice to see them do that again from last year. Cause I enjoyed the event last year. And I mean, I gotta say, um, it was a blast. I played through that recently. And while I've been on vacation, I just went through it real fast and it was really cool to do because all oh, the day, just because of how much they've changed the challenges. I literally had at one point, like three out of my five challenges were just, uh, complete matches of any type. But one challenge might say I got to do that three times. Another one might say five times or something. But like yeah. that's all I had to do. I could have played any mode and I was going to get that challenge completed, unlock that thing. And it just makes it fun, uh, way more fun to play the multiplayer now because I don't I don't have to think about the grinding aspect. I'm just earning rewards by playing. That's how it should be. So you know, um, for being such a big Halo apologist, I, I really don't understand why that kind of stuff just wasn't there from day like the get-go you know like yeah challenges that are fun and not overbearing and then match xp like isn't that just isn't that a lesson we should have learned like 15 plus years ago i i just don't under, i don't know what the logic was because like mm-hmm. unless like it, you know people like to get really cynical and like if i'm going to be as cynical as the most cynical person can be they're going to say well they made the challenges 
uh, super hard and there'd be no match XP to encourage spending money in the store. Right, right. And if, if that's really the bottom, if like that's the only reason that they did that, like I understand from a financial perspective, but then I go, wait a minute, that's so unfun and non-conducive to players that you're probably, that's probably not going to make you more money in the long run, right? Like, I mean, it's just, I feel like it wasn't thought out very well if that was the only reason, you know? So Yeah, man, I like you said the word conducive. At. I had to look up what that means. That's pretty cool. I just learned oh. that. <laughs> but no, you're right, though. I mean, uh, I, at the same time, there's a part of me that says, you know, I think they're just figuring it out. First time they've really done stuff like this. But, you know, on the other hand, you would think that they would look at what other people have done. First time live service, but not first time like match XP and challenge. Right. You know, that right. was another Halo that 343 has made. But yeah, so. I mean, that was probably my, my favorite thing of this year, honestly, because, just because that was so big. It felt like when that came out, it wasn't just the Forge as good as that was going. It wasn't uh, just the momentum, but it was really just feeling like Halo Infinite had fully like launched. And I, I you know, when, when you say that, it almost has negative connotations toward three four three. But I, I, all I mean is just that, you know, it felt like we crossed that threshold of everything we expected to be at launch being out. So now it's like everything that comes after is just kind of new stuff, stuff that we yep. kind of wanted to be where we wanted to be at, at launch in 2021. So it feels good to be at that point. And then seeing that they were kind of dropping some news updates and that this winter contingency thing is, you know, just came out and stuff like that. It's, it's, it feels like the ball is rolling and it's not stopped yet. And it, it, it makes it exciting. And, and now that we are hopefully going to get back to, um, the seasons, you know, being three months and stuff like that rather than the six. I mean, that's exciting. So it's like there's stuff to enjoy now. There's stuff to look forward to. That's where it should be or should have been. So uh, I just like the momentum. That's been my favorite part is seeing that 343 recovered. And because, you know, guys, I, I listen. I'll say this real quick. We'll get back on track. But I listen to uh, before I go to work, I'll throw I'll go on my YouTube subscriptions. I'll throw a bunch of like videos of people I'm sub to talking about games or movies or something. I'll throw it on my watch later and I'll just listen to it while I'm at work. And there was just a period where like almost all the people, the gaming influencers and stuff that I listened to were just dunking on Halo and dunking on where Halo was at and stuff like that. And look, I mean, it was great to hear some of that. You want to hear other people talking about it and stuff, but uh, I got kind of tired of it. And, and, and the reason I got tired of it wasn't because everyone was talking about it. It was because like no no single person that was dunking on it mentioned the fact that like ever there's there's never I say this all the time and I'm a broken record but there's never been another um, games as a service that has been fine out the gate every one of them that was successful had at least a year of growing pains every one of them I mean show me one that hasn't right out the gate that just had it all there all together and was ready to go but I I mean it's gonna be tough. It's going to be tough. So I don't think there is one. The closest is Fortnite, but I think it's because technically it launched as a different game. They they right. live serviced the battle royale part. So yeah, that probably is the closest. But yeah, I just uh, I didn't see people really talk about that aspect, and I felt like well, man, nobody offers enough. anything new to the conversation. You know, and right. I'm gonna I'm gonna be super full of ourselves right now. I'm just gonna be I'm just gonna say it out loud. We do bring something new to the conversation. I think that's why some people follow us. I'm not saying everyone, and I'm not saying people, everyone likes what we bring to the conversation, but you look on Twitter, uh, YouTube, podcasts, social media, 
almost everyone in the past year has brought the same thing to the conversation about Halo Infinite. Not enough content. Should have launched this way. Uh, I don't like this thing. Oh, the, there's no buy. Not enough biomes in the campaign. That doesn't mean these excuses can't be like true. Uh, but just if you're not bringing anything new to the conversation, I I don't know. What's going to make me want to listen to these seven different Halo content creators? They all talk the same thing. I think it's really annoying. I just, you know, um, I just hate that. Yeah. I, I hate that. I'll, I'll get off this tangent, but uh, I, I hate that people aren't like em- empathizing enough. Like, like you know, I, I've said this before too. But like, say you're driving and the person in front of you is going horribly slow, you know, and you're mad, you're frustrated, and all you can think about is pointing the finger at that person and how they're inconveniencing you, frustrating you. When the reality is is that you know you should envy them because they probably have nowhere to be they're not in any rush you're yeah. the person that has somewhere to be and that's why you're upset in some way but you don't want to take that fault you know all this just in, just like in real life people just want to finger point you know you hear the old generation that doesn't like the how the younger generation or current generation does things but then the younger generation doesn't like how the older generation did things and everyone blaming one another and everything like that and i just kind of hate that there's like there's no kind of counterbalance to that that finger pointing and, and saying well eh, you know like 343 oh it sucks it you guys did this and this and this but at the same time look how we're being and most people are like oh it's justified but i can't stand that so it's really hard for me josh what's that man what's really hard for me is like i don't know when you're talking to people online i don't know if where they're coming from is in good faith or not because i don't want to sit here and say okay so you you see so you got all the people that talk crap about halo infinite how much it sucks then you have the real real pure positivity people and people will probably point at us, but I don't always think that's us. The real pure positive people will be like, "Oh, you just, you just, you just want to hate on it. You just hate it. You just want to hate on it." And uh, you, you, you know, they'll they'll just say that Halo's great and that there's no, there's nothing to complain about. And there's there's two extremes, right? But I'm talking about the the person that legitimately is is upset with Halo Infinite, but also loves it and plays it all the time. You know, like. I don't feel like that's represented too often because no, no, it's not. And I'll, oftentimes I'll, I'll hear from the, the person that's been trashing Halo Infinite for months. I'll hear that they've put 700 hours in the game. And I'm like, that's not refl- you're telling me that Halo Infinite is apps. They're using the term absolute dog shit, but then they've played 700 hours. Right. Those two things cannot be reconciled together. It, it, it is factually untrue that the game is absolute dog shit when you have invested such an obscene amount of time into it. So I just wish so I just wish there was more good faith arguments or discussions because I have to I what the general way that I operate when I'm on social media, mm-hmm. people who are talking about Halo Infinite day in and day out, I have decided in my mind that they have to like it somewhat. Because nobody talks about something they have no love for right. daily. Yeah. You know, so no, I, say, I, I do that all the time. I mean, it, yeah. if you're if you're ha- hating something, chances are it's because you loved it at one point. You know, so it's got to come from somewhere. You 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 obviously care about I, it. Complaints are real and yeah. true. I mean, I, I I don't I don't by no means do I think the criticisms are fake. I think the criticisms are real. I'm just talking about the all or nothing people that are saying it's 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 dog shit or whatever. Well, it's, also, it's, I I just don't believe amount, the amount of people that say they care about player numbers. Like, just shut up. You know what I mean? Like, people are like. I'll say something like, oh, Halo Infinite's, you know, really well done or something like that. Or I really like this about Halo Infinite. And they'll be like, the player numbers don't lie. Shut the hell up. I don't care about the player numbers. And the fact is, you don't really either. You're just using that as a metric to uh, validate your own personal frustrations. 
You know, yeah. let 343 worry about the player numbers, okay? I mean, you already know this, Brian, but the truth is it's just that people see how many followers you have and then you put something out there like you do that's sometimes controversial or sometimes a hot take. And I think people worry that see that, that have seven followers. They see your tweet and think, oh, man, this people are going to pay attention to what he says. People are going to – that's going to frame – 343. That's going to frame the, a lot of people's narratives in their minds of, of the actual perception so they feel like they have to say something and be negative and bring you yeah. down. So, yeah. Yeah. And I would and I would bet that our influence on anything three four three does is less than point zero one percent. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> they've heard of us. But I, doubt, I, doubt, I doubt they're like oh, these you know, sacred guys. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like they give a shit. You know, in a way. I, I, but, I, I only reason I don't say zero percent is because I, I do think they probably take an amalgamation of consistent social media people. Yeah. And 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 get ideas, get feedback. You know, like. I think there's some element there, but I don't oh, think, definitely. clearly don't think we stand out in any way no, no. for that. But hey, uh, uh, but to oh, go, we got we got sidetracked real quick. I did want to ask you before okay. you took us forward. Yeah. What about you, man? What what was your big highlight for Halo Infinite? Uh, my so my big hi- highlight was actually this is really cool because I, I at first I was like, huh, what am I going to choose as a singular moment? And then I mm-hmm. thought, oh no, this is this is absolutely what it is. So for me, every time a Halo game would come out. It'd be the same thing. I'd get the Halo game, you know, as we've told in the podcast before, drive home as fast as I can, blow through that campaign as fast <laughs> as I can, and then I start replaying that campaign. Yes. So every Halo was like that. I started with Halo 2, but Halo, you know, Halo 2, played it the first time, replay, replay, replay. Halo 3 comes out, played it, opening night, replay, replay, replay. Every Halo game, part of the experience for me was in that first year and then years to come, but first year especially, I am replaying that campaign five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times, depending on where I was in my life. If I was a kid still, probably 10, 12, 13, 15 upwards times in the first year. Just con- like not playing new games, having like five games on the shelf and one of- and three of them are Halo, just constantly replaying the campaign. Well, then Halo 5 came out and was so disappointing. That was the first Halo release ever that, that did not happen for me. I played through it one time, and then it wasn't until uh, over a year later that I played it a second time and then you know i ended up playing it more as years went on and this is the part that'll probably make people go brian this is really hurting your point i have completed halo 5's campaign 14 times but many of those times were after josh and i started sacred icon in 2019 so many years after the game came out and most of my replays of halo 5 were because i want to reevaluate the product and reevaluate my feelings I think that's one of my strengths. Maybe it's a weakness, too, because of obsession. But I think it's one of my strengths, too, is I'm always reevaluating things that I don't like and things I do like. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, I've said on the podcast before, too, I hated uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion when it came out. And I played it four or five times. I hated it so much. Now it's one of my favorite games of all time. I always I, – I, it interests me. It makes me excited to to reevaluate and, and be introspective. Why do I not like this? And that's what that's one of the reasons why I've got gotten to the point of having 14 replays for Halo 5 is because I'm constantly going – what did I miss? What's an angle I could take here that made me like this more? And I think that has done a lot for me because I absolutely adore Halo 5 now. It's still my least favorite Halo because of the story, but I love that game. But anyways, my point is Halo 5 was the first game where I played it once, was unhappy, and then just didn't touch it again for a year. And that's so unlike my Halo behaviors. Well, Halo is. Infinite, He's right. Halo Infinite brought it right back to home because... Mm-hmm. Here we are one year after the game came out. I've played through the campaign five times, and I am very close to playing it a sixth time. So for me, my number one Halo moment in the first year was just being able to go about my life and have Halo Infinite's campaign pop in my head and go, man, that was such a good time. Is it time for me to replay that again? 
and they'd be like, Brian, you already replayed it twice, and it's been out for two. It's been out for uh, uh, two weeks, you know, and then, and then six months go by, and I've replayed it three times, four times, you know. So Days go just by. being back to that yeah, staple of you. wow, I want to replay that campaign constantly. I'm always thinking about replaying that campaign. That's been my number one moment to have that feeling back in my life. It is pretty cool to see that. I mean, uh, there'd be times, guys, I'd be messaging Brian, "What's you up to, man?" He'd be like, "Well." I'm playing Infinite again. LOL. You know, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> or we'd be talking and on I've the phone. I've had to fight it off. I've had to fight off my urge to play it because I'm like, I want to play new games. Like, I just I just got done playing through Last of Us Part 1, the remake. Uh, you know, yeah, I wanted man. to play Halo Infinite before it. But I'm like, you know what? Just, you play And this is actually cool, you know, kind of off topic. I just realized, Josh, I beat, this is my second time ever beating Last of Us Part 1. Second okay. time. The first time I beat it was the final day of... Uh, 2013, the year it came out. Okay. What's today? It's the final oh, day of 2022. Exactly right? nine years later. Exactly I beat my as it shipped ten years exactly ago. Exactly, not at all as it shipped nine years ago. Actually, <laughs> um, oh, that's cool, but anyways, man. so wow, yeah, completely uh, yeah, nine unintentional years to too. Yeah, um, but yeah, so it, I have to just stop myself because it's so good. Um, but anyways, that, that's that's my favorite thing about it. Josh, this next question that that we have asked here from Quiet Gamer ninety. I have a feeling we're going to feel differently about, but let's see here. Okay. Uh, he says, hot take, the Forerunner missions in Halo Infinite are not really copy and paste and or repetitive as much as people like to think they are. The repetition is mostly visual, like Forerunner doors and narrow hallways more, in my opinion. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. Um, do you want to go first or let me go first, Josh? Oh, you can go ahead, buddy. Uh, you play. Okay, so yeah, so a, com- a, com- a common sentiment for Halo Infinite's campaign is that... Uh, it's really boring and copy and paste because all the interiors are Forerunner interiors and every mission's just go down the same hallways and the same thing happens. Um, and he's saying that it's really not as rep- repetitious and <coughs> samey as Pardon people are, are making mm-hmm. it out to be. I tend to agree with him more than I don't. I, I, I mean, here's what I'll say to be fair to others. The mission variety, if you just focus on the missions in Halo Infinite is probably the least amount of mission variety of any Halo in the series. Would you agree with that, John? Yeah, I would. And and that's by the nature of the fact that it takes place in one central biome on Zeta Halo with missions either taking place outside or in Forerunner environments. So Mm -hmm. I would say that it has the least amount of variety. Pardon me. To be fair, Mm -hmm. but to his point, I do think that people unfairly say... Halo Infinite's just copy and paste the same environments the whole way through because I never feel that way when I play the game. I feel like the visual representation of the Forerunner structures is the same. But when I go through each mission, you know, the mission where you have like Despondent Pyre who gets teared apart by the skimmers and you meet the Harbinger, you have the mission with, um, uh, you have the pilot and the three major turrets you got to take down, you have, uh, the mission. Um, where you fight, uh, you fight Eshram at the end. You have the mission where you f- you go through the different human training facilities, and then you fight Jaga at the end. Um, all kinds of different missions, and lots of them feature interior Forerunner designs. I feel like the the actual rooms you're in and how they're structured, the enemy encounters, uh, the dialogue, the cutscenes, the music, everything correlating around them makes each mission feel very distinctly separate and enjoyable i never feel like i'm going through this boring repetitive slog right. so my tldr is 
yeah, the 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 visuals look the same, and unlike unlike Halo, you know, every Halo prior, you're not just hey, here's a mission on saying Helios. Right. Hey, here's a mission on a winter portion of the ring. Hey, here's a mission on Earth. It is you're all in this one spot. So, you know, there's a point to be made, but I don't think it's that repetitive. What do you think, Josh? You might pretty much agree with with both you guys. You know, more of what you said too, and and. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know. There's there there was a part of me when I beat the game and and I thought I do miss the different biomes and I I miss like you know the the snow levels and I miss you know uh, seeing flood and all this type of stuff. A lot of you know I was I was thinking about the things I didn't get and uh, when I just you know as it kind of pa- time passed and I started to let it further gestate and establish itself in my mind, I thought you know I'm. Uh, but it sounded like a sim for it, but I, I was just happy the way it is. I was glad to get it in this way and it's fine. You know, I love it. Uh, I, I spent so much time running around Zeta halo that when I did get to those forerunner sections, uh, it reminded me of playing halo one, you know, and I, I remember every time, you know, my first sort of, uh, impressions of forerunner stuff was that it was always underground and there was always this mysteriousness to it. And it looked drab, like it looked very, uh, plain and basic and there wasn't much to it in terms of aesthetic design and of course as you get further on you know like starting more with Halo 3 onward I think you start to see some of the designs you know the intricate carvings and things like that um, in some of the Forerunner stuff but uh, I really liked that in Infinite I felt like whenever I got to those sections where I was going underground and I was doing something Forerunner wise I was very curious and it had that sort of what was it that ancient um, mysterious Epic what is mysterious. it yeah it had that feel to it that i really like about halo and it kind of made me realize infinite was what made me realize that uh i get that from the forerunner sections of those games so uh, yeah. I, I really liked them every one of those felt varied and yes there was the sort of monotonous doors and stuff like that but to me i was like oh my god it's like combat evolved you know so i was like every time even now i still think about that i geek out but um uh did i miss you know different uh biomes and stuff sure but you know i know that's not really the question but uh, i didn't mind the forerunner stuff as it was i spent so much time exploring zeta halo that when i did get to those sections it was sort of a breath of fresh air and i was constantly curious what was going to be in the next room what was going to be around the next corner so it had a nice uh had a nice balance i think of yin and yang or you know just very i think for me good Halo, Halo Infinite doesn't feel like it's lacking anything because Halo Infinite is its own thing. We have all the other Halo games. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. feel like people people don't like that answer, but I'm like, it's a really fair answer, right? Like, I, I don't look at Halo Infinite like, where's your silent cartographer? Where's your assault in the control room? Where's your snow? Where's your desert? Right. I just look at it as these games offered us that kind of experience. Halo Infinite offers us the experience that says, hey, what if you were trapped on this section of Zeta Halo and you had missions to carry out here and it was open world? And that's what it does. And I'm just like, I like that I have this experience, Halo experience plus the others. I don't feel lacking. Now, I will say, of course, I like just because I say I like it and I'm happy with it doesn't mean like, oh, wouldn't it have been really cool if there was a section of Halo Infinite where it was freaking snowing? I would love that. I was actually <laughs> playing the only Last of Us. everyone always comes back to, which is true. It's snow. It's snow, dude. Yeah. Something special about snow. I was playing Last of Us just this morning, and I got to the section where Ellie, you play as Ellie, and it's yeah. in the wintertime. Yeah. You're shooting, you're trying to kill a deer with a bow and arrow in the snow. And I immediately thought, Wow, so cool, snow everywhere. <laughs> I love it. And then I immediately thought, oh, I miss snow and Halo. So yeah. I get it. But, I mean, that's what I'm talking about, like, good faith arguments, right? Like, I feel like that's what we're having here now. We're saying, uh, is there less mission variety in Halo Infinite than ever? Yeah. 
there is. That's a fair point. Is it is it super copy and paste repetitive? No, no, it is not. You know, do I wish there was snow? I do. Is it okay that there's not? Yeah, it's okay. It's still fun. It's still good. You know. Right. So, well, I mean, good shit, uh, maybe some people are going to get upset at me saying this, but Doom 2016 was like very similar. I thought. Like there wasn't too much difference in there, you know. When I'm playing, I guess the there's campaign. the angel place you go to. That's other true, than that. but I mean, other than that, I didn't really. Like, I, it's I, all fleshy I, red I never, hell. I never really thought after beating it that like oh, it didn't have these you know different biomes and stuff like yeah. that. And I know that Halo has set that expectation, but um, yeah. you, you just got to take Infinite for what it is. And like you said, dude, I mean, it's in addition to those other games established as they were with set pieces and different biomes and do i miss that yeah that was probably my biggest takeaway with infinite was i thought i missed the set pieces because that is a part of halo and it doesn't have it here and i think it is to a fault but that i don't think that hurts the campaign so it's really only a fault in the sense of just creating memorable moments but i think the fun of infinite is that it's a sandbox so you get to have that yourself you know you get to create those set piece moments depending on how you approach situations and there's there's no way to to anticipate what complaints are going to pop up each new Halo? Because nuts, look at Brian. Uh, I didn't. I didn't see them coming at all. And there they are. <laughs> I haven't done that in a while, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had this awful question, which is so inappropriate, but I had this awful question for a guy at work. I was like, would you rather, <laughs> if you met Jared Leto, would you rather have him kiss, would you rather kiss Jared Leto's hand or have him rest his balls on your forehead for a hundred bucks? <laughs> and the guy I worked with was like, oh, Definitely, definitely Jared's balls on my head. hundred bucks? He's like, I would just want Jared Leto to do that anyways because he's Jared Leto. I was like, no. No, but you reminded me of that. So unexpected. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, that's hilarious. What was I saying, though? Gross, I can't though. Recall. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Halo Infinite, uh, campaign, biomes. I don't know. I love the game. It's great. Oh, that's what I was going to say. So you never you never can anticipate what the, what the uh, complaints are going to be because Halo 5 might be the mi- most diverse campaign I haven't thought about it long enough in the series. You go to Genesis, you go to um, uh, Kamchata, you go to uh, St. Helios, you go to Meridian. Oh, I mean, man. I love that game. God damn. Yeah, you're you're all over the place. You get, you get to go to so many different planets and environments, and you get to see St. Helios Civil War. You get to be on a, you get to see Foreigner Planet. I mean, there's just so, you get to be out with Blue Team on a, on a station, station when they're introduced, they're on that, that station trying to take out uh, Covenant. Mm. Um, it's probably the most diverse campaign, and it's full of set pieces. You know, like yeah. you know, uh, Team Osiris running and Buck falling and, and uh, Locke catching him, and like uh, that's twice. Oh, we're counting now. Like all that stuff. You know, there's the big the Guardians, and there's the running down the side of the Guardian. It is set piece, varied environment, the game for Halo. But for me and many others, I'm not saying everyone. Halo Infinite's campaign is way better. Let me ask you something, man. What is something you miss from Halo 5's campaign that we don't have anymore? Is there anything mm-hmm. that comes to mind? Well, yeah, it's, it's kind of broad, but like Halo 1, you know, it's really simple. Halo 2, you know, big story, Covenant side, mm-hmm. you know, lots of lore being introduced, ends on a cliffhanger. Then Halo 3 kind of brings it in a little bit, wraps up in a tight bow. Sure. Then Halo 4 starts to branch it out kind of again. Halo 4 is like, oh, what about 400 Shield World, uh, you know, uh, Infinity and Lasky and all this. And then you get to Halo, and it's like it felt like it was ballooning out again mm-hmm. in that fun, exciting way. Because, you know, when you went from Halo 1 to Halo 2, it's like, 
Whoa, Lord Hood, Cairo Station, Sergeant Johnson, Miranda Keith, right, right. Uh, you know, The Covenant, Prophet of Truth, Tartarus, Brutes, there's so much going on. Well, like Halo 4 was kind of that CE moment. Even it was still more than CE as far as the I know what you're saying stuff. though. Yeah, I'm following. But then five was that blowing it up moment, right? And it yeah. was kind of exciting to see, like, whoa, we got we got Blue Team, we got Team Osiris, we got Infinity, we got uh, 400 Planet. You know, all this stuff going on, yeah. and it was like you could feel the universe opening up again in this really exciting way. And I think we all wanted that, but we wanted it to be really well done and executed. Right. Right. And the the general consensus, at least in 2015 and many years since, but I know people are starting to change their tune now. As me and Josh talked about on the podcast for years, as soon as you get a new Halo release, people it's easier for people to accept what came before. So you're getting people now who are saying like, oh, I wish I wanted the story of Halo 5 to be finished. So I was like, really? Because all I remember was me and the rest of the world saying that story was so awful. Please don't continue it. <laughs> but the thing I'll say is, what I, you know, to answer your question, Josh, is the thing I do miss is, that world felt so huge in Halo 5. We were traveling across the universe. Yeah, it was a galaxy-hopping adventure. Halsey was there. Arbiter was there. It was like, man, the sky's the limit for all the things going on. Then yeah. you get to Infinite, and Infinite strips all of it away intentionally to bring it back to basics, which I think was the right move, and I stand by that. But it is so small and, and, and so personal in Infinite that now it's just like it's you know it's almost 2023. It feels like it's been so long since we've seen yeah. Halo's universe almost be big like years, that. Right? Yeah. Do you think there's a point when we do see that again? And if we do get that point, we do reach that point again. Do you think uh, that's going to be dangerous territory? I mean, because you can't you can't stay intimate forever. Like it's I, I agree with you. It's good to get back to that point, but at the same time, eventually you got to kind of bow out a little bit and explore more. I think it's inevitable. But, at the same time, do you constantly just, I mean, not necessarily with Halo, but do you narratively have to constantly keep going, you know, you bow out, then you have to reel it back in, you bow out, you reel it yeah. back in? Or do you just, you know, when when you get to the point where it's like, it's okay to go off from here? Because Halo well, 2, I think yeah. most people thought, yeah, this is great. But then Halo 3 kind of reeled it back in a little bit. And then... That's what I'm saying. See, you know, like, but then Halo it's like, 2 was ex extremely ambitious. Like, right. Halo 2 paid off because it was awesome. But it's clear Halo 2 was way more ambitious than it needed to be. Halo 3's ambition was about the right amount. And you can see that that's why so many people will have like some disappointments with Halo 3, because after 2, 3 is like they take all these threads and they pull them in real tight. And they're like, okay, we're gonna tell the straightforward story. You know, like right. all the flood, yeah, they all left and they're now they're all on high charity, and high charity is on the ark. Everyone's on the ark, and you gotta blow up the ark. And it makes it real, it narrows it in a lot. You know, Arbiter's not his own story, it's just he's kind of following Chief around. Um, right. So I think if it's easier said than done, right? But I think the best thing to do is take Infinite as a foundation and just expand slowly, right? Like yeah. if we get a direct sequel to Infinite and they immediately bring back Team Osiris, Blue Team, Lasky, Arbiter, everyone, that's going to be a huge mistake. But what about this? What about if the sequel to Infinite just brings back Lasky and uh, Locke? Uh, I was gonna say Palmer, but yeah, Locke. Okay, Lasky. <laughs> maybe it's just Lasky. Locke it would be cool to see Locke again. We we deserve to get another crack at at his character, I think. And then when you get to the third game, yeah, you know, with Infinite's third game, maybe it could be, you know, you got you got Palmer, Lasky, Locke, but now you got oh, there's some blue team, and you know, oh, Arbiter's coming to help take out help you with fight Atriox, and then by the time you get to the third iteration. You got quite a big cast, a lot of moving parts, but you went there incrementally. Uh, yeah, sure. Halo Five just felt like, man, they just way too much going on, and it wasn't a lot of the good decisions and a lot of bad execution. So, 
Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's intimate now. But I do I do miss that element of Halo Five because even now when I go back and play Halo Five, I'm like, man, this is this huge galaxy adventure that's yeah. just fun, you know. And even I even like like the I used to. I'll be honest, when I played Halo 5 and I was so pissed the day, you know, the release night, I used to dog some of the dialogue between Osiris and stuff, but now I just love it. Like, the camaraderie, you know? Even, like, the the scene that everyone makes fun of, you know, like, where Buck's like, Tanaka, can you say some words for us? And she's like, we need to handle fools like we mean to. <laughs> it's kind of cringe. It really is kind of cringe. It's but I'm quotable, also like, though. I'm like, that's, yeah, you know what? Team Osiris, get him. That's em. the kind of shit, if we were still living together, that we would be saying in the car. Oh yeah, you know, like we're going to a we're going to get some Chinese food at a buffet, oh, and I'm like, you, Brian, do you want to say right some words? My mind was going. Yeah, do you want to do you want to say some words before we go in and tear this up? And you're like, we need to handle fools like we handle or whatever that goes, you know, however that goes. I think that I look be- over at Josh, he's picking up some sweet and sour chicken. I'll be like, damn, you handling that chicken like you need to? <laughs> exactly, dude. Oh, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly. And what then it just happen. fades yeah. to black. Yeah, I'll fade to black. <laughs> that's it. No more dialogue. Yeah, no. More dialogue. no I, I, I pretty yeah. much agree with you, though. I, I miss Halo Five. I love what Halo Five attempted, and I just. Agree, but I agree, the execution was was awful. But I think what was there uh, had a lot of potential, and I'd love to see Infinite kind of bow out again. But it probably does need to take its time, whether it's in a sequel yeah. or uh, a couple more games, you know, or something. But yeah, yeah, because I mean, I mean that that moment with the pilot and Infinite, you know, where Chief's on one knee and he's talking about making mistakes. I feel like that resonates far deeper with people than it does because the guardians less... warping in and all that crazy shenanigans. You know? Well, it's it's just because it's an intimate story, right? And the, that's how the first one was, and that's in a lot of ways. Even though the second one bowed out, I think Halo Two still tells a very intimate story, especially yeah. if you're going with the Arbiter. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's when it works the most because otherwise, you know, Halo Five, Halo Five did not introduce these characters; it threw them in there and expected you to. First know mission, who they were in like right away, that and insane? I think that's that's the hard part. It doesn't establish its characters, and I think that's what's rough. When you have time and intimate experience to establish characters, that's how they become fan favorites. When you're trying to shove characters down someone's throat without that, you know, it's never gonna work. It just never ever works. You have to lay the yeah. groundwork, and that's I just uh, that's when it works to me. So like infinite works i like the weapon i like i like the pilot i like eshram i like you know every one of those characters introduced in the game i like uh because i felt like there was some groundwork there maybe some of them got it more than others but it got that intimate touch where they could develop a bit whereas like halo 5 i'm like okay i know who olympia vale is but why am i supposed to give a shit like this game's telling me who she is and where was she when i left halo 4 exactly exactly and i'm like why, why are we hunting chief? Why am I playing as these guys like over playing as chief? Uh, why aren't these guys hunting me while I'm playing as chief? Um, all these questions. So yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement. It's like, it's like halo two, halo two and the last of us two. And I, I know there's haters out there of last of us two, but like, look it's at what those games did. I don't throw that word around well, much, but it's a masterpiece. I agree. I agree. I love last of us two. Um, halo two and last of us two both start with your, the character you expect, you know, chief and, Ellie, and right. you play as them for a non-insignificant amount of time, and then it's like, oh, hey, you're going to play someone new now, but then we're also going to bring you back and let you play plenty as the person you expected. Yeah. That's what they should do. But Halo 5, you know, you just you start off, and not only is there a team of four, but you don't really know any of them. You, you kind of know Buck, but you're. But I think most people were going, wait a minute, isn't that the guy who played Buck? And he, he wasn't a Spartan. You don't even know how... It, the game's never even covered That's what how I'm saying. It doesn't lay the groundwork you know, at insane. all. It doesn't explain anything to you. Yeah. 
It just throws you into a story. You feel like, you know, if I, if, if Brian hadn't played Halo for like 10 years, he comes over to my place one day and I'm showing him Halo 5. I don't give him any context, but I'm showing him Halo 5 and I'm showing him that first level. And Brian's seeing that opening cut scene where they're diving out of the sky and everything. Honestly, I mean, I'm making an assumption, but I would think you, Brian, would probably think you were some way into the game already, where this is not the beginning of the game. Oh, that or I would think, oh, I've obviously missed a couple Halo games, so that's why I don't know what's going on. But in truth, Josh doesn't either. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. 100%. It's insane. But damn, a lot Um, of love for that game, though. Rodan says, y'all single new thing from Halo this year. It can be a map. A, uh, a mode or an episode of the TV show. Let me change it up a bit. Sure. What is your favorite map? What is your favorite mode? And what's your favorite episode of the TV show? Now I know you're not a big fan, John. No, it's okay. I mean, I still enjoy aspects of it. Um, favorite map? I mean, I, I, there's not really out of the new maps one that it really like stands out to me. Um, so, I mean, I guess I'm going to take a half out answer, and I'm just going to say Aquarius. I really happen to like Aquarius a lot. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of fun on that map. Um, but uh, favorite episode of the TV show? Um, Honestly, uh, I forget the name of it, but it was probably the one where we actually got to see the Covenant attack the UNSC for the first time and like Chiefs there running around. And uh, I think he Ford fought the Banshee. Yeah. Yeah. He's heading toward the Banshee and stuff like that. I mean, it, it just it looked really cool. Um, yeah. You know, the, the first episode, I know people's takeaway right away was like the, the, the Covenant. Like when you see the elites and stuff, they thought they looked kind of weird. They, they mm-hmm. didn't look right like the 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 budget was low or something but then you see uh then you see the profits and you're like oh wow that looks amazing you see the background of high charity and you're like oh shit wow um but it was like less is more in that way but uh, honestly when i got to that episode as much as the cg still felt kind of off it's just that's what we always wanted to see i felt like you know just some kind of like scale battle and stuff and it was great to finally get to that point after some of the the slog i, I think the second episode I forget where they go to that um, kind of asteroid belt. I forget what it's, yeah. what it's called now. Yeah, I think uh, I liked Runnery. it. I liked it at the time, but looking back on it, oh man! Like in terms of someone watching it week to week, that was a tough one to get through because nothing really happened. But um, but oh, I mean overall, it was still a fun show. I mean, I just uh, <laughs> honestly, guys, it it really I I don't care. And that that helps me enjoy it more. Like, and what I mean by that is, when it was coming out week to week, uh, I was interested. We were talking about it, and I was optimistic. I was trying to give it a chance because I wanted to let it be what it is. I still like the idea of a silver timeline, and they can do things differently. It's I don't really have as as much issue with the decisions as much as just uh, some of the pacing in it, and um, honestly, just it didn't really show enough battles and the, and the, the constant removing of the helmet, like commit one way or another, you know, if you're going to keep it off, if you're going to show them with it off a lot of times, just get, find a reason narratively that you just don't have it on anymore because you, mm-hmm. it feels like you're kind of being combative. It feels like you're kind of fighting a, a battle there. It feels like it was fighting um, itself. Yeah. Fighting an obligation. And if you listen to the yeah, I mean, interviews yeah. with, with Pablo, it sounds like that was what was happening behind the scenes. He he very much feels the conflict of like people want to see me with the helmet on, but I as an actor don't want to wear it. You know? Yeah. Well it was the same thing. There was a, I forget the actor's name, but when they did V for Vendetta, there was another actor who did uh who who shot some of the scenes as V and then he didn't like it. He felt it was restrictive. So then they brought in Hugo Weaving. So there's a couple scenes in there that actually have the other actor. We just don't know. Hmm. But um huh. but no, uh, I mean I I like it, even though uh it took a lot of chances, but when I say I don't care, it's just more that like I'm um, I'm not emotionally invested. Like I'm same, interested, though, I'm interested to see where it goes, but I don't care in the sense that like this is not this is not like my definitive like 
Halo experience. Like, I still think yeah. maybe someday, it could be 20 years, could be way beyond my time. I still think there's a chance we'll get some theatrical movie or maybe another yeah. crack at a live action television show or some other live action Halo experience. You know, it's like this is coming off the backs of Nightfall and Forward Unto Dawn and Legends and so on. So, I mean, I don't think this is going to be the last type of Halo live action experience that we get or animated or whatever. You know, and I, I don't think this is the be all and all thing. It's just this is the first sort of connected uh, continuity in a new timeline that they're they're going for. But I don't think it's the last. It's just the first. So uh, I, when I say I don't care, uh, it's just because it's just because yeah. it helps me enjoy it more when I'm not thinking about this being like the version to establish Halo in live action. Yeah. That's not just it. another way to experience something Halo related. Exactly. Yeah. No, like, I yeah, it's called, it's I, called Halo Showtime or what? Just Halo. And, you know, the other ones had subtitles, but like, it's fine. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's no biggie. Yeah. To me, I mean, I, I, I enjoy the show because I don't, you know, I'm not trying. It doesn't need to be my, my be all end all Halo experience. It's just Correct. a fun way to live in that world a little bit more. Yeah. Um, for the show, I wish because I got it for Christmas, and yes, I asked for it. You assholes online. <laughs> I loved your tweet, by <laughs> like, the way. It was very controversial, right? But at least I put like I'm trolling. You know, I wasn't like trying to. I let no, but I, I loved it because it was perfect. Brian had a picture, you guys, of a new PlayStation Five controller, and then he had a copy of a 4K release of a Halo series season one, and yeah. then. I can't remember what you said exactly, but it was like, you are not you weren't trying to troll people, but you were at the same time. And it was just, I don't know. Yeah, was I was really trying fun. to troll them, but I wanted them to know I was from the get-go. Yeah, yeah. it's like a joke. It's a um, joke, but yeah, it was good. But uh, yeah, I wish I had rewatched it because I, I actually plan on rewatching it soon here since I got it. But I wish I rewatched it so I could have a better answer. But I know three moments I know I liked. I know that I loved the episode that where Cortana was created that felt very Halo. I liked that a lot. And then I know I love the moment Josh is talking about where you have this big battle with Covenant and, and Chiefs out there with this helmet on, fighting battles. Anything with Cortana like I loved, you know? Yeah. I'm not even going to pretend I'm like a, her biggest fan, but I still love her. So I love that. There was know? a third moment that I can't recall. There was an episode after the, the big battle one that a lot of the cast loved. It was a very character-focused episode. It was episode five or six, I think. And I remember liking it. And I remember Pablo being on Twitter being like, see, I... You know, a lot of people liked that episode, and he was like, "See, I thought this was a good one." And I thought that too; it was a really good character mm-hmm. episode. But to be fair, I only watched it the one time, so I don't recall what happened. And I'm about to do a rewatch, but yeah, I, li- I liked uh, I liked that. So um, as far as map goes, oh, Josh, you go ahead if you want. I'm sorry, I was just gonna say, I think I think the show showed that it has some high moments and potential. I think the potential yeah, is there for it to too. grow. I just don't think it had the splash landing that most shows have. Like Stranger Things season one came out and everyone yeah. was talking about it. You know, a lot of these shows, and, the, and then they have a sophomore slump where a lot of people's least favorite season of Stranger Things is like season two. But uh, it didn't have that. But uh, the, I've seen plenty of shows that have a rough first season, like The Office, you know, and then it just grows and the second season's incredible. Yeah, I hope that's what happens with this because I feel like, I feel like it just had uh, a real tough time with momentum. There were some episodes like I remember liking the one episode where they go to his childhood home and it kind of has the mm-hmm. twist of Halsey and stuff like that. And he kind of puts two and two together. And I remember at the time watching that, I was like, oh, man, this is interesting. But then other people were like, this is boring. Where is this going? Yeah. You know, so I felt like it had have these like moments where it would like hype it up and then suddenly it would just slow down. So if they can kind of figure out what they want to do. I mean, it, I think they'll be better off. It just felt like the first season just felt like a show that was very combative within, within itself. It's fighting it, it like it wants to tell its own story, but it's also like fighting against an obligation of what's narrative is already set. And it's like, how do yeah. we distribute 
what we know, what we want to show versus, you know, what's going to make people happy. And it was just really complicated. So I know that's got to be tough. I won't pretend to know. Not enough episodes like. either. It's like no. eight episodes or something. No. I think yeah. seven. It, 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 it's neat. Got to have 10. Got to hit that 10 as a minimum, people. You need motherfucking 10. <laughs> motherfucking 10. Um, yeah, I actually just remember, too, I loved the twist at the end where, like, they think they've captured Halsey and it was a clone she made of herself and the clone dies and she's free. Like, that was a pretty neat way to wrap that up yeah, with her. That's some good twist. Uh, but I like to show, as, as, far as, as far as map goes, I know if I had to go objectively, my favorite map in Infinite is Recharge, but I played so much of it, I'm tired of it. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably pick the very first two new maps that came out. There was the one that was in like a, it was more Forerunner interior. I loved that map so much. I still love that map. Uh, that'd probably be my, that'd probably be the one I pick. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. There's the one that's outside with like the lasers, and there's the one that's inside of the first season two release. I, I really like that. Let me ask you this real um, quick. We can run through this real yeah. quick. Uh, what are your thoughts on Aquarius? Great map in every way except aesthetics. I don't like how it looks. Don't like the aesthetics. That's totally fair. Totally fair. I love that it's map. It's got like a I, mossy I green. So yeah. Yeah. What about Bazaar? Bazaar, uh, amazing aesthetics and a pretty great map overall. I like it. Yeah. Behemoth. Behemoth, that's the one everyone dogs, right? That's the one I say is like it's 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 got an identity crisis between. It's like well, you know what? That let's yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. Because here's what it is, right? When we played this map for the first time, we were like, oh, this map's different because it's like a lot of maps we've seen before, except all the dead space is on the outside instead of in the middle. Right. But the reason it's different, we never seen that before, is because it doesn't really work very well. <laughs> yeah it's not I, really a good it's really not a good map design <laughs> no and I, I i do enjoy playing on it but I, i'm always wishing it was a big team battle map of some there, kind. there's a reason that that map's never a map like that's never really been done because putting the bases in the center and all the dead space on the outside it's just not a good map design it just doesn't work that well i, I just what about breaker it. have you played breaker uh which one's that is that the one that's, that's outside with the late is it a is that a dlc one yeah or, or not dlc yep no you, you know yeah it. yeah it's really good i like yeah. that one too I think the one you're, I'm seeing it now, the one you're talking about was Catalyst. That's the one you like. Yes, I love Catalyst. That's probably my favorite. Catalyst is really good. I do think Catalyst Very is cool. great. Yeah, if someone doesn't like Aquarius, I think Catalyst is a great um, a, a great next yeah. next pick for that one. Um, I won't run through them all. I'm just looking at, at some of them because uh, I forget some of them. Launch Site, man, that one. Uh, I, I, I've, grown, I've grown to like it, but I do think it is on the lower end. because it's That's the one that feels Big Team Battle, but it's exactly. not, Exactly. Right? That's the second one that, yeah. Yeah, Identity that crisis. one's not too very... Live Fire, it's fine. I just, I don't... I think I don't Live know. Fire, if it had dope as hell aesthetics, would be a top a top tier map. Because I think I, map design, is, it's actually awesome. It's an awesome map. Oh, yeah. No, I 100% agree with that. I, uh, Recharge, yeah, you already mentioned that one. That one is fun, but I played it a, a lot. Streets I enjoy from time to time. Great for objective modes. But, um... Yeah, I'm not going to go through the rest, but yeah, no, I agree. I mean, Catalyst yeah, Josh, is great. We're, we're coming up on an hour here. I got another question from Mustard Chief. This is a good one. I think we'll both have a lot to say about this. Sure. Halo Infinite soundtrack compares to the other soundtracks. He wants to know how it compares to the other soundtracks for us. I think it has both quality and quantity, personally. Third best after Reach and ODST. What do you think about the soundtrack, Josh? Oh, man. Uh, I, a lot to unpack there. Let me see if I can summarize this. Um, I think... I think it is the best that 343 has put out. That's not to slight Halo 4 and 5s, because I think I I do remember liking both those soundtracks. Uh, They've grown on me. Uh, More 4 has grown on me. But um, 
That's really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, that's actually one of my favorites because I remember sitting in the Halo 4 menu back in the day playing it for the first time. And I'm like, oh, this has that Halo feel. And then I'm playing the rest of it and none of it felt like Halo to me. That's where <laughs> I was struggling. But uh, yeah. then then Halo 5, I mean, had some of that, too. There's, a, I think, a song called Covenant Prayers or something like that. And it's like, hey, oh, hey. And, like, I don't know Covenant what. Prayers very I don't know much exactly what they're saying, but, like, I love. If you guys know what I'm talking about, that track was awesome when I played it. or when I Covenant Prayers it. is very different than Covenant Dance where it's yes. a couple of butt cheeks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love Covenant Dance, though. That's, that's probably my so favorite you're saying about What are you saying about Infinite Soundtrack, Josh? But Infinite Soundtrack itself is honestly just, uh, it, I think it's fantastic. I don't like the multiplayer soundtrack at all. Uh, hot take. Ooh, but, I love it so yeah. much. I I don't I don't I don't think it's bad. I'm not saying it's bad just personally, subjectively. It's not guys, your taste of music doesn't, it, or doesn't sound Halo. No, because what I want is I wanted something that reminds me a little bit more of like Halo 2 that. You know, I want it's something like that, that feels like that anticipation of like you're getting ready. You're getting you're, you're about to go into no, a match. It's you know, you're reminded me of Doom, but it's a little bit. It's a little bit more ambient, I think, in, in Infinite, which is good, I think, too, because you don't want something that's too overbearing. So I see why it works for most people. The main soundtrack, though, in terms of the campaign, I love. The hardest part for me is that it, it's trying to reconcile. I'm trying to reconcile the fact that, like, this is an imitation of a clear imitation yeah. of Marty and Michael. What I love about that is that they finally decided to do that after two Halo games already previously. Like, it's weird. It's a weird trajectory, right? But... I love like, that we they don't took need Marty and Michael. Well, and like, shit, it's, we it's need hard. Them. I always go back and forth on this, but I love that four and five took chances. I think four should have played it more safe. A lot of people say it does. I don't think it did, but I think it's, you know, you're trying to carry something onward. You kind of have to, again, you have to establish that framework. You have to lay that and then build up into something where you're taking a different chance, not because uh, it's the right thing to do, but because that's what's familiar to people. And if you, you know, you, you want to try to, to, to marry familiarity with, you know, edging us into something new. But um, when it comes to infinite soundtrack, I love it. You know, yes, it is an imitation, but at the same time, I feel like they did a great job with it. It, it does have its own identity. I don't listen to those tracks. I mean, through the tree, sure. But uh, I don't listen to those tracks and think that they sound, you know, like almost like a remix version of stuff that came before. There's a little bit of that, but I think most of it's original and stuff like that. And, um, uh, there's been several times I have driven in the car late at night to go pick up fast food or something. And I am listening to that soundtrack and just thinking about exploring. Uh, it's, it's great. It has a mysterious sound of it. Uh, I'm sorry. It has a mysterious sound to it. That reminds me, it's very evocative of some of the original halo stuff. And I love that. So it's just tough because it's like, I want, I, I the, the bottom line is I just, I, I wish that we would someday get Michael, uh, Salvatore or or Marty O'Donnell back just to see what they could do in a new era. I just want to hear a new Halo track by one of them, and that's I know that's never going to happen probably, but that's what I want. But at the same time, I'm happy that we got an imitation of it, and uh, I don't mean to insult the the people that worked on it when I say that. It's it's really good. It's really good. It's just it's tough. It's 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 like it, it's that um. This is going to be a meme for Irish Phoenix. I just know it, but it's like oh, we want the Halo soundtrack. We have that at home, and then it's the Halo Infinite soundtrack. You know, but you want like the Marty and Michael thing. But what you get is uh, this this new one. That's that's an imitation, but it doesn't mean it's not good. Some people could say it's even better than the Marty and Michael stuff. You could put it over one of those uh, Bungie Halos soundtracks. And I would totally agree. I would not. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand. And um, I'm sure it is, 
You know, Halo, Halo 3, for example, that's a remixed soundtrack. It doesn't do too yeah. much original stuff. You're to touching on almost all the things before but, I can get to them. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry, man, but I mean... No, uh, you, you pr- I pretty much agree, I mostly agree with you. But I, well, uh, I'll, just, I'll just say this, but I, I mean, Halo 3 is like a, a, a big remix. You know, it's sort of a greatest hits, like, remember Halo and remember why you love Halo? This is the end of yep. it, you know, but this is the, the end of the journey. But at the same time, um, you know, I still love that for what it is. Each Halo soundtrack, I love for what it is. And as Brian touched before on the campaign of Halo 5, I love every Halo, um, especially all the more after it gets the next title. You know, it, it just retroactively enhances what's there because... Um, it's like the anxiety or anticipation of knowing what's coming is kind of gone. So, I mean, that's that's what it does for me. But you can tell me what you think, Brian. Yeah, uh, you covered it. you covered most of the points. So here's the thing: I think I think Halo Infinite soundtrack is incredible, both the campaign and the multiplayer. I love it all. I think it had. There's only one thing keeping it away. Like if somebody said it was their favorite soundtrack of all Halo. I'd say that makes sense. It's really good. The only thing that I think keeps it from from having the credibility to be the best is that it is imitation, right? Like yeah. because it's based on imitation, I feel like you can never fully like of course you can say it's your favorite, but can you ever fully give it sole credibility for being amazing? No, because it's based it has that imitation in it. So that's that's one thing that's limiting. There's lots of nostalgia there. But I think I think it's by far the best soundtrack of 343s. I think it has the potential to be seen as the best one. Um, the multiplayer stuff is very more, very much more original. And I love, I personally love the multiplayer stuff. So at least, at least it's got the angle of originality there. Season one and season two multiplayer soundtracks I've listened to independently. Love them. Um, I think in some ways, if I remove my nostalgia, I think this soundtrack is a better remix than Halo 3s. I think it's the best. I think it's probably the best soundtrack. Remember this? Uh, Listen real quick. Are you bringing up Halo MCC again? No. Okay. I don't hear anything, Josh. Okay. Well, I don't know if it's playing or not. I don't know if it'll pick it up on the recording, but that was Nexus. Yeah. One of my favorite tracks. Uh, they they had some bangers on that on Infinite Sound. Yeah, I think sure. I think this sound. I think there's very little complaint Sequence? about the soundtrack. Yeah. No, lots of yeah, love for lots sure. Of love. Um. Yeah, Josh. What are okay? So I guess to kind of wrap this episode up. Um. What are so? I'll ask three questions. What are your just overall final thoughts on Infinite after a year? What's your score now compared to what we gave it a year ago? You and me both gave it an eight point five a year ago on the podcast. Whether you agree with that now or not, you mm-hmm. know, what, what is it now with all the additions? Um, and uh, what are you looking forward to most in twenty twenty three for Halo? So, looking forward to most overall thoughts, new score. Mm, man, uh, I love Halo Infinite. I love it. Uh, it's a fun game to play. It's probably one of the most replayable ones, I think, just because of the breadth, the scope of it within an intimate setting. Uh, it's very unlike what we've had before. Um, plus, I mean, I'm <laughs> biased, but I love the setting. I love being able to traverse around a forest, basically. Yep. Uh, that's really fun. And uh, I love the int- uh, it, it, It's got like a big scope within an intimate setting, right? So it just makes it fun because you do get a little bit of both, but it's in a different way. And um, it makes it really fun. Plus, it introduces a lot of new characters that are, in some ways, new versions of characters that we have already had before, you know, depending on how you look at it. The weapon being like Cortana, the pilot in a way, you know, almost kind of being like... Um, Oh my God, I'm I'm forgetting his name right now. Lasky? Jesus. No, not Lasky. 
Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, I don't know who you're talking Jesus. about. Uh, well, anyway, I'll remember it at some point. But it, it does it does remind me of that. I have a great time playing it. Um, I do pop in there from time to time. I, I haven't done a full replay, but I do pop in from time to time just to run around and use the grapple shot and stuff. And uh, it just feels good. I love that I finally got the chance to live in in Halo, so to speak. I love it. Um, score wise, uh, I, I'd, I'd probably after all this time, I'd probably bump it up to a nine. And I think what's holding it off from being a 10 is, yes, there is, you know, a lack of variety in some ways. And, and yes, there is um, characters that are in some ways spiritually recycled. Um, you, you have that when you do a legacy game. That's just that's what's in right now. That's what's hot right now is, is legacy experiences and, and stuff like that as a way to sort of lay the groundwork to continue franchises. And that's what Infinite is. It resets. It reboots. Um, yeah, but softly and uh, I love it for that. But at the same time, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm, I'm on my bullshit when I say this, but uh, I felt I honestly felt lied to with the flood. And it's not that they told me we were getting the flood. It's just you're going on a planet, basically a ring that is uh, established to have flood in the lore. And then it feels it to me, at least. And, and I understand this isn't for everybody. I know Halo guy, he spoke differently. So I, I don't want to misrepresent other people. But I just felt like as it was kind of building initially in the campaign, it felt like it was hinting that there was going to be some twist. And I thought, well, everything else is here, like checking the boxes. Everything else is here. That's very similar to what we've gotten before. But it felt like the one thing they did differently, the one kind of chance that they took was not doing flood instead doing the harbinger. And I don't think I really mind it now, but I just really hate that one line of dialogue. That's kind of a throwaway, but I hate when they say like this thing's worse than the flood. It felt like a huge slap in the face for me who wanted to see them do it. Because when I play infinite, I love the banished. I loved how it feels to kill brutes. Um, This is the most enjoyable and most satisfying it's ever felt to kill a brute in a halo game for me personally. So I wanted to see three, four, three, take a crack at the flood as well. However, Maybe that would have been too ambitious. Hopefully at a later date. If we get it in a later game, this would be another case of retroactively. Uh, I'd probably bump Halo Infinite up to a 10 for me. But um, that's probably it's probably a 9. So it's gone up at least. Um, and what am I excited about for the future of Halo Infinite? Was that right? Yeah, 2023. Uh, you know, I'm excited to see the seasons uh, every three months. I think that's going to be exciting. The momentum that's going to have for people. Um I don't, I'd love to see a firefight. I'm just excited at what the potential means for infinite, but, uh, hot take guys. Uh, I, I mean, I'm looking for, I'd say I'm more looking forward to what's to come for infinite more than I am like excited simply because I'm ready for the next halo. Like not right now, but, yeah. um, I, I don't, it's a whole different topic for another time, but I really don't think that 10 year plan that they started out with is really going to be something that we're going to get anymore. Or if we do, it's going to be in a different way. I think so much has shifted and changed and I'm just open-minded to whatever they do. And, uh, I'm really excited to see where they take the narrative next. I'm excited to see the multiplayer grow, but, um, you know, uh, I just want the next halo. I'm ready for the next, like campaign type of release, so to speak, even though I prefer the multiplayer. Um, but I'm just ready to get to that point. Um, if, but if they want to do this for 10 years or whatever, eight years now, I don't know. Um, it's fine too. It's fine too. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm with Josh that, uh, 
We were at an 8.5 last year with all the improvements made and the addition to Forge and, and, and co-op and whatnot. It's up to a 9 for me now. It's a very solid 9 out of 10. Um, things Boom, things like Boom. things like making the menu and UI better, things like honoring their promise and bringing split screen in, those things could bump it higher. <laughs> I didn't mention like that, 10. but that's a fair point. Um, yeah. But yeah, 9, very solid 9. Um, as far as, this is going to sound... This might sound negative, but I promise you guys it's not negative at all. The thing I'm not I'm not looking forward to any of the multiplayer stuff in 2023 because I don't I don't really care about the multiplayer stuff. But what I am ex- looking forward to is replaying the campaign another five six times <laughs> over 2023, and that's that sounds funny, but like the truth is, three four three gave me exactly what I wanted. They gave me a freaking epic Halo campaign that I want to keep replaying, and I am satisfied. From what they from that campaign it was enough to satisfy me. That's all they have to do. They don't have to release any more content for Infinite. I am happy now just to have that campaign. Even if they never, if this was the last Halo game to ever release and we never got to see what happens next, I don't care. What I have here is awesome. I enjoy that experience. So replaying the campaign is what I have to look forward to in 2023. What was the question I asked myself, Josh? What was the third round? Uh, well, you rating said, uh... 2023. Oh, just general thoughts. Oh. Here's the thing. Now, I'm going to probably piss some people off. I don't mean to, but I love Halo 4 a lot. I love that game. You can listen to all the episodes of this podcast, and you will know that I am a lover of Halo 4. But what I love about Halo Infinite is it pretty much took everything I love about Halo 4, it kept all of it, and it got rid of all the bullshit I didn't like. There's no freaking Prometheans. I love that. Prometheans were not an enemy that I... I don't I don't enjoy Prometheans' existence period in the lore fighting them whatever it's not that they're not fun to fight like people say it's that they're boring and they're ugly and they're they're terrible aesthetic it's just they're just stupid i don't like them i apologize i know plenty of people listening probably do but they're not there um we're on a halo ring instead of requiem i love that we have uh there's no promethean weaponry we have just you know covenant or banished and and regular human weaponry we're fighting traditional covenant we got elites brutes but we still have the awesome character development for Chief, the emotional moments between the weapon, Cortana, Pilot. Um, it's a very emotional, grounded story. And then we don't have any of the the stupid. I don't like. You know, I don't have the Promethean stuff, and we don't have the. Also, the just the mission design is is much better. There's not a single memorable mission in Halo Four to me. There's a ton of memorable moments. A ton. Every mission has a memorable story moment. But I don't think any of the missions are particularly that great in Halo 4. And then this is the one that's really going to make people salty, probably Halo guy especially. I think the Didact had amazing lore and background. I think the Greg Bear novels are amazing. I think the story and the character development of the Didact through the novels is great. But I like the Harbinger more than the Didact because I thought the Didact looked stupid. I think he's a stupid looking character and I'm not sad that he's not in the game anymore because in Halo 4 he looks like a vampire on crack wearing bionicle a bionicle suit. I, I just Man, that's accurate, but that sounds pretty badass. Like what's just, a vampire on crack look like? Didact. His his lore and his history was cool. His voice actor was cool. His his some of his voice acting lines like, you know, the things he says are are cool. But he just, he was not a cool looking character. And even though he is an organic being, the fact that he looks like a vampire and he's wearing that suit, it just wasn't cool. The Harbinger was this really cool, mystique, female, organic, alien design. And then the skimmers are kind of accompanying with her. I know the skimmers aren't the same thing. Man. I like the whole, I like the whole Harbinger, skimmers, endless vibe. 
way, way more than the Forerunner Promethean uh, vibe. I, oh man, I'll give it's you so that. I'm kind of. I think I'm 100 in the same boat. I didn't mind how Didact looked, and I, I think the only problem I have with the Harbinger is her face reminds me too much of the Clovey monster from Cloverfield. It looks way too much like that mm, with her eyes. I don't remember what it's it more her like, eyes, but, but uh, that's not a complaint. I just when I saw that, I was like, eh, I don't, I don't know. You know, when every every new thing gets introduced, you're like, I don't know if that feels like Halo. I don't know if that that I don't know if that feels like Star Wars and Star Wars. See, to me, it just Harbinger feels like the Harbinger feels like Halo. Like I can believe that Bungie made that alien design. The Didact, hell no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Yeah, no, and no, no. For all no. You, I, I understand. For all of you listening who love Halo Four, who are getting salty right now, I'm just—you can be nuanced, right? How often have I talked about how much I love Halo Four? I love that game. I love that story. I love the characters. That's I love, the, I love the music. <laughs> retrospective series on, is on Halo Four. I did retrospect. I love it, but I can also say at the same time, has too much Didact looks freaking dumb. He's a stupid looking character. I don't. I don't. It, oof, I don't want him back in the game. <laughs> Okay, Michael Scott. <laughs> I, don't. I don't because because unless unless they bring him back. Okay, for instance, this is you know you have to be a real Halo nerd to get what I'm saying here. If you've seen like images out. of the Didact, if you've seen images of the Didact from like back in the lore before he was mutated and before he's wearing that stupid orange armor, he looks pretty cool. If you bring him back like that, okay, I'm, I'm a game with that. But the fangs and the red eyes and the mutations and the orange super orange suit or hey orange does not belong in halo i'm sorry true. josh agrees no <laughs> it, just didn't, just, it was too much does of it. not That's go all. with halo it's just too much so, of it i think too too but, too much of one thing i know i know i'm dropping you know i'm dropping these this these is the halo 4 dog episode but like i i, I think halo 4, but i love halo 4 it's aesthetically it's, so it's aesthetically good. so generic looking you know it, it's yeah so generic looking but i think i think what's there narratively and what it explores i think is fantastic so but that's just our that halo epitaph book yeah. next year with the didact book yeah here's what i want this is this is what would make me happy and obviously they shouldn't do what makes me happy because that's not the right thing to do probably but here's what i like they retcon that he either they retcon that he was never composed because you know there's that whole comic where he gets composed you know right escalation you know about that right Josh? yeah yeah either either retcon that's what never happened Either, either retcon it so it never happened or retcon it by by undoing it through the cannon somehow. And then make him drop the dumb orange armor and make him lose his fangs and then just reintroduce him to the story as a regular foreigner character without all that hippie whippy creep weird bullshit, you know? Just make him you know what I mean? Just like some of that stuff was just too far out there, right? Like that's the thing I like about Halo Infinite, is like I said, like it has all the things I love about Halo 4, but none of the baggage. All of Halo Infinite is stuff I could believe Bungie would do. Halo 4, some of that stuff was just a little out. It's Halo 5 as well. The Warden Eternal? No. There is no Bionicles <laughs> in Halo. I'm sorry. You know what? Hot take. No one's going to agree with me on this that's listening, but scuttle all the comic book lore established. Scuttle it. Why? Because the Star Wars <laughs> Halo does... Guy, Star Halo Wars, guy is choking. Star Wars does a similar thing. Sorry, man. <laughs> uh, they have more and more started to deviate from canon established in the book's and more importantly, the comics. There's a lot of stuff. There was a whole miniseries, Brian, uh, uh, five issues that focused on a character from Star Wars Rebels. That uh, it's all the story is all about him escaping Order sixty six. And in the first episode of the Bad Batch, they completely, completely tell a different Remove story it. of that character yeah. and how he escaped. Yeah. So it that's just like null and void now. And I I think. 
comics are dangerous in terms of storytelling over books simply because the imagination, the possibilities are endless, but you have no limits. You don't keep yourself in check. So I've seen that with Star Wars. I see it with Halo and stuff. I would be more interested in this book that's coming if they just completely scuttle that. If they completely scuttle escalation. Um, But at the same time, I don't think they will. And I'm not trying to... um, Discard, you know, discard it for people who love it or anything. I mean, I still enjoyed reading it, but uh, it, it's just too. It becomes too much. It's like, oh, you played Halo Four and you like you like it, the didact. Oh, well, guess what? Here's these three Greg Bear, Greg Bear books. Go read those. Okay, I read those. What's is there any more about them? Uh, yes, read the Escalation comic. Is it where does it take place? Oh, it takes place after Halo Four with the didacts in it. Yeah, he lives. He lives. Yeah, go read it. Okay, I read it. They killed him off though. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah. Is that isn't that you start fucking Halo stupid? Five? Isn't that stupid? They That's Halo probably the biggest. And they just they just act like I, when you play Halo Five, you can act like the Didact died at the end of Four still, but you know that he came back and she fought him again and he died again in a comic. It's so stupid. I mean, you can't. It's in. It's irrefutable that it's at least a bit of a fumble with the Didact character himself. Yeah. You know, a lot of people feel that way. Not everyone, but no. But it's just ugh. Josh. But we gotta see. I got you know. I can't. It's a glass half oh. full. I gotta wait to see. Um. Got to wait to see what that book does and stuff like that. And I'm sorry, guys, for that hot take. I know that's going to fire a lot of people. No, I know. Yeah, I would say people are like, we asked you questions. We didn't ask for your hot take. <laughs> Keep it to yourself. Please. Well, it's, just, it's just tough because, um, I mean, the, the Star Wars canon establishes a lot of stuff in the in the comic books. And it's exciting to read them. But you, you can you read them and you, you can tell that, like, this is something you couldn't ever visually see in a movie. Like, there is a comic book by um, – I'll say this real quick. There is this author named Charles Soule who – does a, a lot of popular Vader um, or Star Wars comics. And he did this one on Vader and people love this, but it was, it was awful in a lot of ways, but long story short, it's established in the comics that Vader finds out where Exegol is. Palpatine's there on this planet. This is preceding, you know, obviously when they're dead and everything, but um, he goes to that planet, but before he can get there, he finds this giant Lovecraftian looking like octopus in space. Vader tames it. And rides I've it. Seen that he rides it onto Exegol to go attack Palpatine. I, it's 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 insane. If you love it, that's awesome. And I'm not here to dunk on you for that. I'm not here to refute that. But it feels so out of left field that it does not feel like it it, it tangibly exists within the same universe in the storytelling. It's weird to watch, you know, the sequel trilogy or, or even return of the Jedi when Vader and, and Palpatine are dying and think that stuff happened. So it's just, it's, it, it's a, it's a tough line to walk, but that's it over to you, man. Josh, I hate to do this, but so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give us a final sentiment. I'm going to get the business, get out of here. So my wife doesn't kill me because she's with alone with the baby and we got to go to another Christmas here in an hour. Yeah, so I got I one to wrap go to myself. Quick. We got a busy day, but I do have an Apple Pod review to re- read real quick when we get okay, to Okay, get it. that pulled up. I'm going to bring it back over to you, Josh, but let me get through all this stuff. Yeah, Guys, go for it. Uh, if you want to uh, become a patron and help out monetarily, you can go to patreon.com slash sacred icon. Lots of benefits there. Get your name called out on the podcast. Even come join us on the podcast. Um, we've had a really cool secret Santa in in the uh, community who's been giving out free guest spots on the podcast. Super dope. Lots of stuff to oh, check yeah. out there. Go check that out. T-shirts, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to leave us an email or a voice clip, send it to sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to join our Discord, there's a link at the top of the page uh, on Twitter. Come join the Discord. Come chat with I've us. seen a lot of we'd new people in there. That. 
Um, yeah, for sure. We got a book club that's going. It's being ran by Halo Guy. If you've known him from that's YouTube so or on the podcast, Hell yeah. he's doing a Ghost of Onyx book club in there. We got lots of new people joining in with him on that. Uh, if you want to follow Josh on Twitter, he's at Jedi Knight Joshy. If you want to follow me, I'm at Brian Spain. If you want to follow the Sacred Icon Twitter, is at Sacred Icon Pod. Let me get into our patrons. We have new patron. Ken Koitzik? I'm probably saying that wrong. I Ooh. apologize, but Ken, I just picture you're like uh, the Ryan Gosling Ken doll. Very attractive. Oh, I can't attractive. wait for that Barbie movie. Thank, Thank you, so, you much. so much, man. And I'm going to rush through these here. We got Chris Go Denton, uh, Installation 00, Boba's Feet, Diente Ombre, Jesse Insanity, Wesley Eaton, Lissa McCreary, Sparky's, Hocus Locus, Darkest, <laughs> Darkest. See, I'm going to say these fast. I'm going to start. You're good. You're up. good. Dark Chaos 580, Blind Valkyrie, William Green, Simon Eddy, Kevin Benson, I Irving TV, AJ's Dink smells awful, but we love him. Ian Ruck, DeRucker, Shin Rebel, he's a saint. Shin Rebel. <laughs> Look, <I> get <laughs> Your brain just laughs here. there. Next we have Ascending from the Ashes, Born Anew, Irish, Irish Phoenix, Phoenix, Jared Hartley, Small Print, Aaron, Colin Pittman, Butter My Waffles, Nerva, Anthony Dorsey, ACDC Outlaw, Caleb Webster, Chris Greco, Mayor Greco, have you seen my Greco? It's Chris Greco, Tony Mustard Chief, King Grunt, Josh, I'm blinded. I can't see anything. Where's I need a flashlight because Aries 0430 I knew is standing it. above me with a giant mustache. Montana Menace, Green Plumber, Joshy Big Boy, Ryan Barca, biggest NASCAR Thunder 2003 fan, Anthony Nicolosi, Corey Hanks, uh, Preyanshu, Brent Onimo, MH Cosplay, dropping into the scene with an ODST Jilly Drop Pod, Ian Mills, Photon, the spiciest of all meme lords, KN Nick, who says this podcast is quality. Thank you. I'm supporting you guys. Trevor Polkey who has every woman in the world on his arm because he is such a suave, sexy man. We have the Shipleys, and we have the OG Halo podcaster, Podtacular, as well as, my browser hasn't loaded, but, oh, there it is. I thought said browsers. Already. <laughs> Matthew Salvatore, the man who saw Justice League, knew it needed more, they gave him a little bit more, then they canceled the whole shebang. Dude's extra salty right now. I'm sorry. Josh, I'm going to throw it over to you for the review, and then we're going to get out of here. Absolutely, buddy. Uh, We got this December 1st, and you know, with the holidays, man, we have not had a chance to read it sooner. I am really sorry about that. This is by Simon Eddy. He left five stars. Just love that right away. Best Halo and Gaming Podcast. He said, Sacred Icon has been my top played podcast for two years in a row. Initially started listening to hear what people thought about Halo 5. Uh, I didn't play it until 2020, he said and to get ready for Halo Infinite. Not only did I get hyped for the new game, I had a fun trip down memory lane and learned a ton about Halo in the community. There is a plethora of great episodes breaking down all the Halo games, and they even bring on famous YouTubers like Ackman and Hidden Xperia. So dope! They also have tons of oddball episodes on other IPs like Lord of the Rings and Mass Effect to keep things fresh. So good. Keep killing it, guys. P.S. Brian, congrats on River. You have such a wholesome family. Josh, your selfies in the Discord are seriously hilarious. You are a stud. <laughs> thank you so much, Simon. Dude, thank you so much for the super kind words. Uh, I really appreciate that. It makes our day to get those reviews. And thanks for, dude, th- hopefully you'll understand why I'm being short with this with this ending here of the podcast because I have to get to my daughter right now. To his whole uh, family. So hopefully, I, I, I think Brian, you're, I think real quick, I'd be remiss if I Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much, buddy. That means so much, all those words and everything. Uh, uh, the podcast episodes and what we do and... Um, all that stuff. It, it really does mean a ton to us. Brian, real quick, before we get out of here, how was your Christmas? Was it good? It was a really good Christmas. It was fun to watch River open things, which was basically just we help her rip the package back, and then she starts to eat it. And You know what's really cool, though? This is the last thing I'll say. Like, I got you, but I'm t- my wife is going to kill me. I'm telling you guys, you won't see me for an episode next week. 
Uh, we had a gift under the tree that we that was from the Sacred Icon community because my someone had sent us. I can't remember which one it was. I think it might have been Diete Obre. A couple people sent us gifts, mm-hmm. but we had a gift that was unopened still from when she was born. So Erica wrapped it, and River unwrapped a package from the Sacred Icon community on her first Christmas. So I thought Aww, that was very cool. Very. But cool. guys, thank you so much for joining this episode of the podcast. It was only supposed to be an hour. I was supposed to be off here, but you got a longer one. It's love you guys. Love you guys. See you thank next you year. so much for your support. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sacred Icon Podcast. And as always, keep it sacred. I'm sorry, babe. I'm coming.